Hello everybody, this is Mark Paradis and this is the Path to the Divine Self, episode 4. Thank you for joining. Topic today is breaking the money curse. So I'm really excited to have you here and I'm really excited to be here and I'm really excited to be talking about this topic because it's a topic that is very close to me. Um, <laughs> this is something that um, I've dealt with uh, that is one of the most vivid memories of my life when I look backwards uh, because it was something that caused me a lot of pain and that um, probably caused a lot of people around me a lot of pain because I don't think I was a very pleasant to be around while this was going on for me. I'm going to be having a conversation with Reverend Goddess Charmaine, who's um, a person that I'm co-hosting the Energy, Sex and Money monthly online workshops. And uh, we were having a conversation and the topic of money curses came up and we realized that, you know, we had very similar stories when it comes to having a money curse. And we started to realize that perhaps there are other people out there as well who are uh, going through the same thing. So we'll be talking about how we experienced the money curse, how we got through it, and what were the steps that we took to um, to get out of it. And as usual, we're also going to have a, a, a guided practice afterwards, which you can do at home and um, your weekly Monday evening practice. All right, so just to get started, as usual, I'd like to invite you to just close your eyes and get comfortable and just... Let go of whatever experiences you've had today until now and getting ready to get into a new space, a different space, a space where we are more infinite, a space where we are more fluid, less rigid, less stuck in certain kind of constructs or beliefs. Bringing your awareness to your breath trying to shift your awareness out of your mind, out of your mental body. And perhaps if you're having a hard time getting out of your mind, just putting your hand on your heart and letting your awareness drop into the heart space, noticing your awareness dropping into your physical body. Taking a couple of deep breaths here. All right. And now we're uh, just taking a second to set the intention that we're entering a space where we're going to be sharing experiences and information. And what we're sharing is more than just words that are being spoken, but also energy. The energy that's behind these words and that's what i think is really important to remember because that's tremendously healing and that's where all the the power and the potency is so just being aware of that and accepting that and setting the intention that we are allowing that all right namaste let's get this started okay so breaking the money curse so what exactly is a money curse what exactly am i talking about well like I said, you know, this is a topic that's very close to me. A few years ago, I uh, I nearly went bankrupt. My business that I was running nearly went bankrupt. And when I mean nearly, I mean very, very, very nearly. And I got very, very lucky that it didn't. But what I'm focusing on today is the about the, the 18 months uh, in the run-up to nearly going bankrupt, uh, and possibly even longer than that, where I was just going through this period where I owed a tremendous amount of money to people. and um, And it was poisoning my entire life. And, and I tried to do things to get out of it. I tried to do what I thought 
would work to get out of it and everything I was doing was wrong and nothing seemed to be working and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and every phone call I received was another nail in the coffin every letter I got was another person telling me that I had messed up and that I owed more money than I thought and um and it was a real curse it was a real curse and I just wanted it to end and recently I was having a conversation with Reverend Goddess Charmaine who I co-host Energy Sex and Money uh, which is a monthly workshop on uh, how to release our, our, our blocks against uh, around money and um, and sex and um, and we were having a conversation the topic of money curse came up and uh, we started to talk about how common it seems to be that there are people around us who who resonate with these stories when we talk about them and people around us who are going through very difficult financial situations that they just can't seem to get out of or they they, they are about to get out of them and then something happens and it all falls apart and so we kind of came up with this idea, well, let's talk about, you know, let's talk about the money curse and let's talk about how we got out of it, how we took steps and actions to get out of it and, and share that information with people and, 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 and see how perhaps they can benefit from it. I had, when I started to break my money patterns that no longer served me, I had to become hypersensitive to a, a, an action that I would do that always caused me trouble. Like when I learned <sighs> stop uh, loaning people money. If I couldn't afford to give people money, don't loan it. Because most of the time, the people would never pay you back. And it always, mm. so if I could give it, I would either choose to give it or not give it at all. And I, I got very confident in saying no. And I got confident in saying, you know what? I'm just going to give it to you. Do not pay me back. Take care of yourself. You know, and then I had a range of what that amount would be. But, uh, but before I got to that place, I was aware of witnessing some women that had this language and habits that continue to cause them chaos. It was just like, I mean, who in your family taught you this? Where did this come from? And it was this victim around their money issues. Being, like it was happening to them. Yeah. They, and I just watched this and I watched this and I remember feeling, oh shit, I used to be that way 25 years ago. I used to be that way 30 years ago. And like being afraid to go to my mailbox because the bill might be in it. Poverty shopping for food because hmm. I was on food stamps. I would have $180 of food stamps. On the first of the month, those food stamps would come. I go to the to the supermarket. I get two shopping carts, big shopping carts. Fill it up with food. Fill it up with food. We were so happy. We were like abundant in food for two weeks. And then for two weeks, we would starve the rest of the month until those stamps came again. Wow. I, I remember the poverty conscious. Like I didn't know how to manage it. I didn't know how to take care of my, I didn't know, I, it was just so much. And I, and I could feel it on them when they were talking. And I remember I have to, when I had to start making money changes, I had to deal with the fear of going to the mailbox, mm. fear of answering the telephone as a bill collector, mm. fear of owning my debt. I mean, and then when I started to own my debt, then I had to look at, okay, what's my responsibility? And I learned a big thing. Communication is money. You talk to people, you communicate with bills and debts. A lot of them will work things out with you. Also, just taking responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> just taking responsibility for the debt. I have this debt. It's $5,000. It's $500. It's $2,000. $100. But what I noticed when I was witnessing these, uh, these women talk about what was happening to them and the victimization around it, I didn't hear them ever take responsibility for putting themselves in a the situation. Yeah. Then I would say to them, well, I would like say, okay, yeah, I recognize that too. And one of the biggest challenges for me was the life that I wanted to have, I had to start looking at how can I be hanging out with the 
the rich people if I was still carrying this this unhealthy habit. So I just immediately started cleaning up my debt. Before I knew I was gonna find my husband, I wanted I didn't want to bring debt into my new my new relationship. So I cleaned up my debt. I mean some of it even required me to claim bankruptcy and start over. But the inability for people to continue to find stories around, well, yeah, I know that I created that debt, but if he didn't stop if he didn't stop paying his child support, if I didn't lose my job, if if my son didn't uh, you know, end up not having to go to the doctor. Always these things that are stuff that we have to take care of. We have to deal with it anyway. But to say that person did this and that person that it caused me to go here. Yeah, things happened to me too. I got fucking arrested. I had to deal with the rest of my financial responsibility to sustain my house and to feed my kids and to work on my debt. So tell me more about this because this is really interesting. Like when you said that you, you were cleaning your act up, before finding the man of your dreams like what was the path to that like what was the actual practice of that like how did that actually manifest i first had to sit down and get inside of my sick stomach and talk about the money that i owed like i write down all my bills Mm -mm. and i was afraid i had to deal with that fear first i couldn't even build on the the uh dream until I started to deal with what was actually really going on with me, how fucked up I was. I mean, I can, I can visualize it now, going down the steps, afraid to check the mailbox. Yep. Because yep. if you check the mailbox, now it's real, it's in your hand. <laughs> now, if I put it on a table and let it stay there for a few days, maybe I can ignore it. Yeah. Because I just didn't have make enough money. So that was the first thing I had to first say, okay, okay, all right. Then I remember a friend telling me, you should love your bills. Because if you you yes. wouldn't have the things if you didn't if you wouldn't yes. have the bills if you didn't have your things that you wanted. So I said, okay, okay, let me. Yeah, I do like my car. I like my cable. I like I like washing clothes. I like eating. I like buying veal chops. I like steak. You know, I like all the things. So I first had to deal with my debt. What that made me feel like if I couldn't um, pay my bills. So I, I actually that took some time writing about it, forgiving myself. Um, a challenging thing for me was to get myself off of welfare. That was a really big thing. Mm-hmm. Because there was no way I could ever work a job on the books. See, there's a way that you first try to figure out. See, this is all the sneaky self, the lie you tell yourself. Like you think you need 400 or $500 a month when you can make three times the amount, four times the amount. But when you're making lazy money, even though you need support from the government, there's a point where you become like, they enable you to stay small so that I don't know what the programming is, but somewhere around there, I had to say, okay, I'm, this is not good enough for me. I'm ashamed of my debt. I feel sick. Once I started just to own how I was feeling about it, then I was able to take small steps into addressing those issues. I just did not even, before I, I could even, I couldn't even get into the room with rich people get into the room of finding the right kind of man. See, that when I wanted a lover, or when I wanted a partner, I wanted a partner to know that I was a partner, not to rescue me. Mm. You know, I, that meant something to me. I've always been a person I wanted to prove myself. You know, so you see, I'm worthy of this relationship. You see, I, I, there's nothing nasty, raggedy going on here. I mean, it's enough to deal with with Reverend Goddess anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's just real. <laughs> so, you know... So I think that's a big deal that I had to deal with the sickness inside of me. And I had the wherewithal to do it because spirituality teaches you that with feng shui. You know, if you do card readings, if you talk about negative energy and, and, and affirmations, it's the power of the subconscious mind. You learn all these things about yourself anyway. 
but a lot of people want to find i i've been hearing and witnessing it because i used to do it a long time ago i still see it on people and when i see them having this language around this happened to me and that happened to me i see why they're stuck and i see why they're cursed mm -hmm. you know so for me it was first dealing with the sickness in my stomach well, so that's that's a really kind of somatic practice. I like to call that sitting in the fire. Yeah. And it's so amazing to hear you speak about that because I went through the same thing. Like I remember when I I was I was in the same exact situation as you. And I'm wondering, you know, we're sitting here talking about this, and I wonder how many other people in the world are 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 going through this right now, and no one has any idea, and they don't share. They they don't even realize the magnitude of what's happening to them because they've done such a good job. At running away from it and hiding from it the way we did the way we used to you know i remember like you i was running a business and i had a team and i was also i wasn't afraid of going to the mailbox like i would actually open the mail and i would put it all in a two sort box which i would never look at you know so i would open the mail and i would put it in the box and i'd be like yeah i gotta get to that at some point and i did i did that much but I would never actually look at it because I knew, especially if it was a government paper, like if it had a government something on it, I didn't want to read it. And it was just dripping through and dripping through. And then one day I remembered thinking it started to snowball to this point that I was like feeling anxiety in my body. So what was happening to me from a somatic point of view is that I was waking up every morning in panic. Like I was waking up every morning with my body shaking. I was just like, this is how I'm starting my day. And I remember sitting with this girl that was my administrator in the company one day. I, call, I, you know, I said to her, the first thing we're doing this morning, I woke up and I was like, the first thing we're doing this morning is that we're looking at all the money we owe. Oh, my God. She quit. She quit that day. She quit that day. She was like, I'm really sorry. If I'm going to be handling this level of shit, I want it to be for something that I'm doing not for something someone else is doing. And I get that. She went off and started her own business, and she, I think she's doing well. And I, I respected that because I thought, yeah, this is a heavy load of shit. And I needed help. Like, I needed someone to walk through that fire with me. And it's easier somehow when there's someone to help you because they're, they're less emotionally attached to it than you. At the time, a condo in Miami, which I had sold to put the money in the business, and that money went like that. That condo was something that was supposed to last forever. It was supposed to be something to fall back on. It was supposed to be a retirement plan. And it went like that. And when we sat down and we looked at how much money we owed and to who and how, she just was like, I quit. And I had no choice but to come up with a plan. And I remember thinking it was a similar thing to you. It was like, this isn't how I want to do business anymore. But and so for me, it was beginning to accept the responsibility that I had racked up all this debt and similarly to you with your your story of the food stamps like I would spend money on a new idea because I would think yes this is the one that's going to make us money and so someone would come and say well for 15,000 pounds I can do this for you great and I would do it and I'd be like shit it didn't work and then someone else would come and be like well for 20,000 pounds I could do this for you so I would throw that money at them thinking yeah yeah, yeah this is going to work we get plenty more back no didn't work until it got to the point that I was I was spending all this money I didn't have and none of it was working and it was it was like a curse it was yep. like a curse and I remember that I broke that curse when I like you said I started to take responsibility I said I fucked up I was overly optimistic and that's a good thing 
I was overly excited and optimistic about the world. I thought this was going to work and I was wrong. I fucked up. In the meantime, I spent money on a new web strategy rather than spending money on tax. I spent money on a new event to launch a product rather than tax. I hired new people to help reinforce the team rather than pay tax. And that blew up in my face. It was it, So I had to sit with that and go, okay, it wasn't all that bad. I was being optimistic. I was doing my best and it blew up in my face. Now, this is my fault. So when these people came, you know, to the door, for me, they were, they were ringing the door and it was like, shit. And then you look out the window, there's a guy with a briefcase and you know exactly what they're there for. And where someone would come up to my office and be like, someone's here to see you. And I knew exactly what it would be about. And I remember going downstairs and... You know, I would always just get whatever money I could and throw it at them and throw it at them. And it's like you said, it was like there was a point where I started to speak more carefully with people, where I started to speak from the heart. But there was also a point where I had to realize that part of it was taking responsibility, but another part of it was also knowing my rights. So for me, it also became about a conversation or a fight that I was having with the system. Because I believe that if this guy came with a briefcase and this printed letter, that he had the right to do whatever he wanted. And that's not true. Right. Because I remember one time writing a check to a guy for 3,000 pounds so that he would get the hell out of there and calling my accountant and my accountant saying, you shouldn't have done that. He's not legally allowed to do that. And I remember thinking, fuck, these creditor companies are sharks and they come to you and, they, and you're already in a vulnerable position. You're yeah. a scared, vulnerable person and yeah. they're holding this official paper saying we're acting on behalf of the queen yeah. and you're going like, shit, okay, let me rustle up whatever I can and I give you my 3,000 pounds and then there's no money to pay the salaries this coming week. And my accountant says, that was bullshit. They weren't allowed to do that because this is how it's supposed to be. And so for me, it became a huge conversation about my responsibility, but also my rights. And that I'm bigger than I thought and I'm not as powerless as I thought. And I had to step out of that victim mode, that victim mode that you're talking about that all these people are in. It's like, and we notice that when in our language we say things like they are taking advantage of me. When you talk about losing your job, when you're talking about they, they kicked me out, they unfairly, they treated me like shit, they didn't treat me right or whatever. And you have to go, well, hang on a minute. Okay, okay, stop it with they. Like, what are you doing? Like, where are you out of alignment? And like what you were saying, like, wait a minute, I was out of alignment here. You know, you, you had to look at all the places where you were out of alignment. And I had to go at all, look at all the places where I was out of alignment. It's like, it's not right to not pay your tax. It's not right to not pay something you owe. You are stealing. That's where I was out of alignment. And, and that's what we have to be able to focus on. And then we can very easily go to, yeah, but they could have him. Yes, of course they could have. But that's not what happened. I also think it's what would make it for me because I have gone through cycles where I'm doing extremely well financially and I drop, I lose money and I go and I have some cycles of things that I was dealing with during that time because there's layers and layers to programming around money and uh, making money and then keeping money and managing money. There's a lot of stuff around that. But one thing that was really incredible for me was when I started to create a prosperity Bible. I still have mm. several prosperity Bibles, but um, now mine is mostly focused around me and my husband and our life together. But before then, it was just my life and my, my kids in it. But when I learned, create your own Bible, the way that you you respect the Holy Bible or the Quran or the Bhagavad Gita or any, any, any book of spiritual uh, passages, 
I created my own Bible with quotes and uh, um, pictures and images. I'm trying to look around and see if I can find one. I know what my other one's out there. Anyway, I created the Prosperity Bible. What this did for me was during the time when I was struggling to be new with my money and to have a new relationship with money, when I felt really bad about myself, I would open up my Prosperity Bible and read my Bible. Mm. So my version of the Prosperity Bible is that I write down when people tell me that I've affected their life in a certain way. Like when people write me an email after a session, they say, oh my God, wow. You know, yeah. like my husband this, my girlfriend that, my this, my life has changed. I'm, I'm feeling more confident. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Like whenever I get that, I write it down in, my, in this book. And that's my prosperity Bible because for me, like the amount of money I make and the amount of money I give, to, I give is that's all limited in a way. But my talent is different. Like my talent is unlimited and that's where the true abundance is your talent your gifts and so for me it's like this kind of this, this is the prosperity bible because that's the bit that says to me you know you you have something unique and different yes that person could go to someone else and yes but they didn't they came to you somehow the universe put you on their path and 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 for some reason you managed to help change their life yeah and yeah. that that is currency like that is money so yeah so i hope that you enjoyed that the conversation between me and reverend garza charmaine um around breaking the money curse and uh, and i'd love to hear from you i'd love to hear from your experiences if uh, if you've experienced a money curse situation or if you're in one right now and how did you get out of it or how do you feel in it is has this been helpful for you at all is there anything that you think that um You'd like to share about it definitely just let me know drop me an email at mark at markparadis.com you'll have my details in the podcast page if you do want to take this work deeper uh, you could join us when uh, on saturday 10th of november 2018 reverend goddess charmaine and i will be hosting the next energy sex and money uh, online workshop where the topic will be breaking the money curse and all about how um yeah taking it further and and, and just really diving into uh to how we can really unravel this and um and following this feel free to dive into the bonus episode which is the uh, the weekly practice which is energy work and embodiment work to to really dive into the somatic field um, that charmaine and i are talking about in uh, in this episode so thank you very much for joining and uh, enjoy the practice